Hey everybody, welcome to Open Mic with me, your host, Mike Creed. Um, this week I have Jesse D. Anthony. I've known Jesse for a while, we were teammates for a while. Uh, interesting guy. Um, he has a background that's pretty different than mine, so we always had interesting interactions, but uh, a very good guy nonetheless, and I think it's a good conversation. Um, this week also was the launch of the Tuesday podcast format. I thought about rebranding it, saying something different besides open mic, but I would kind of just jump forward, and we, we've been talking about it for a while, and I finally just did it. So that's where we're at um i hope you guys enjoyed it i mean i know a lot of you listen to the podcast while riding or working out or whatever so figured with the tuesday you put more music in and give you something to listen to in between a little bit of uh offbeat weirdness uh hopefully i can keep that going and edit it all together and we'll see it's it's not going to be the primary focus uh for the for the podcast for leslie and i you know who who do this but it will be um something that we play around with it'll be the experimental show how about that and if you guys like it let me know um also uh haven't heard back from carl cyclist as of yet whether or not they're sponsoring the podcast but hopefully they are and see now i have to record this intro before they are let's just say that they are sponsoring the podcast and we appreciate it um and all those mentions you give really help and you know this sounds hokey but in a world just where it's so easy to be mean to see everybody being nice is uh i may have to rethink uh how good or bad people are you guys are really uh impressive Uh, another thing and uh, i'll get to the podcast is this idea Leslie and I have had to um, start a group that uh, basically supplies stipends for riders you know like uh, being a director this year I've seen up close how little guys make and how hard it is for them and you know with a little bit of sponsorship money we've made I feel like after you know I buy new equipment and and a new computer I don't necessarily need it and I, I see a lot of people around me who could really need it and I, I think I think if we we pulled the money and we got other people to chip in money and we, we had some sort of application process where maybe riders who are under 27 making less than ten thousand dollars a year will apply like hey I have toward the Gila coming up um, can I apply for the stipend? They apply, and we give them maybe a hundred dollars for the week. It's not much, but it's really direct feedback. And I mean, a hundred dollars when you're making that little for food is—it's not much, but it is something. And I, I think they'd be really appreciative. And we do this for men and women. And you know, we we always complain that people should take care of. Uh, other people normally when we say that we we mean big corporations not necessarily us and 
you know, even if it just, even if we only do it for two or three months and we just run out of money, then whatever, you know, I, I, I feel like this is something that we can do and take a little bit of ownership for the sport. We always, oh, we want the UCI to be better. We don't want this team to pull out. We, we think women cycling should be funded by this mysterious hand of God and just out of goodwill sometimes, but this is our chance to do our own goodwill and I haven't quite flushed the idea out, obviously, but I feel like this is something that uh, I'm interested in. I'm gonna get, a, I'm gonna do it. And if you guys have uh, ideas or money uh, to donate, uh, that'd be great. And uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'm not quite ready to accept donations yet, but we'll figure it out. Anyway, here's Jesse Anthony. What is the most astounding fact you can share with us about the universe? The most astounding fact. The most astounding fact. Is the knowledge that the atoms that comprise life on Earth, the atoms that make up the human body, are traceable to the crucibles that cooked right elements into heavy elements in their core under extreme temperatures and pressures. These stars, the high mass ones among them, went unstable in their later years. They collapsed and then exploded, scattering their enriched guts across the galaxy. Guts made of carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, and all the fundamental ingredients of life itself. These ingredients become part of gas clouds that condense, collapse, form the next generation of solar systems, stars with orbiting planets. And those planets now have the ingredients for life itself. So that when I look up at the night sky, and I know that, yes, we are part of this universe, we are in this universe, but perhaps more important than both of those facts is that the universe is in us. When I reflect on that fact, I look up. Many people feel small because they're small and the universe is big, but I feel big because my atoms came from those stars. There's a level of connectivity. That's really what you want in life. You want to feel connected. You want to feel relevant. I want to feel like a, you're a participant in the goings-on of activities and events around you. That's precisely what we are, just by being alive.
parts of it. I think there's you know, a certain amount of knowledge I can share, you know? And I really like that. Like, I like, you yeah. um, I'm like pretending I know something, you know? Like, I get something out of that, but it's the, uh, you can turn that chair you do know it though. Yeah, but then it. What's frustrating is, as a director, you realize there's like only so much you can do. You know. Yeah. It's kind of like coaching. Like I've been coaching a few people, and it's uh. Like I know what I need, at times, and I bounce it back and forth with my coach, and it's like I don't know how he knows as much as he knows to help me. Right. Did you coach then, a winger? Yeah, David Winger. And so, you know, I'm coaching someone, and they're like, I help them the best they can, but it's like. No, like I think this is. Right, I think right. this is the best, but this is what, this is what works for me. Yeah. yeah, and if it works for you, cool. And if not, then you know Who you, you should go. Well, I coached my well, I coached my roommate, Erin, mm-hmm. and then uh, she she got faster. She admitted that, and then she fired me. She fired you. Yeah. Your roommate fired you. <laughs> How does that conversation start? It started because I I started talking about not wanting to live with too many bike racers because we were looking for a third roommate, and I was like, ah, I don't know how many. How much bike talk I can take around the house, and then she got self-conscious that I was, you know, bummed out or talking like, about her. Yeah, exactly. Oh she's no. Like, well, I don't think if this is too much, then we don't have to talk about biking all the time. Oh Jesus. She has been really nice, and I, you know, oh, man. it's funny because I still half coach her. Yeah, I live yeah. with her, so yeah, she's riding, she's new, she's picking it up, and then I coach my sister Crystal. Okay. So she's been doing well. She's running for the Optimus. She's, uh, she's on the team, man. We're teammates. So <laughs> a picture of her. Are you going to do cross racing this year? I'm just doing Gloucester. Just one. That's it. Yeah, one and done. And if I make it through both days, I'll be pretty impressed with myself. Are you fucking, are you really tired? I'm pretty, I'm getting there, man. It's yeah. Uh, after Colorado, I felt really good, like, getting through that whole race. Um, like, the last day, I felt great. And when you feel good the last day of a big stage race like that you're like sweet and like the next few days I recovered really well and I was psyched for um, the Bucks County race um, and I tried to keep it going for like that was two weeks mm-hmm. and that like by the time we got to, to Pennsylvania I was pretty flat that's pretty that's pretty long time yeah especially having not raced like if I had just done a couple of criteriums or something to keep it going it would have been is there still crit racing here in LA or uh, I don't think there's anything going on right it's now. weird that like the nicest time of the year there's no bike racing <laughs> I know it's all relative everyone it, yeah I mean I'm tired and everyone else is like starting to think about training again I'm like I can't yeah. wait for the off season I'm like well we gotta start training and we're done with our off season we start in July we're done yeah everybody else is done resting out. at the end of September October it's time to get going on the senior ride everybody else crapped out in June <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny so where are you going, man? Are you going to Team Pound Trial World? We're going to Italy. My first time to Florence, so that'd be pretty cool. So do you guys are you guys just going for TT Worlds or do you yeah. got some races? One race. TT. TTT. I think Jonas has a uh like a a training camp slash TTT stage race planned for us when we get there. Really? <laughs> he was like he told us after Pennsylvania, he's like, Make sure you rest this week, because when we get over there, we're gonna do some sick training. We're gonna get ready for this thing. We, it's the only time we'll have the six guys together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Zerbol, Swizz, Paga, Friedman, Anderson, and myself. Anderson's doing the TTT. Yeah. The guy who rides a TT bike, okay. 
Yeah, and it suits him because TFT yeah. is like on off. Yeah, on. yeah. I think he and I will be like we're those those guys. We're like we're definitely not the best 50k TTers, but when it goes on and off like that, I think we're both pretty good. I predict bad things for Friedman. <laughs> Just because he's home last year. We're not doing that. I mean, we did that race last year. It was what two days before. Mm-hmm. I crashed twice. We all dropped out like 140k. Oh, so for yeah. Freeman, he had nut out the whole 200k with the Frenchies. Yeah. He can turn himself inside out for like fourth or fifth place, and then no wonder he was pretty fisted. So I just remember uh, the night before the TTT last year, he ate like a pint of ice cream, and I'm watching him eat it. <laughs> and then the next night or the next day, we drop him. He keeps telling us to slow down the climb. Yeah. And he, he doesn't like. He doesn't feel like any kind of embarrassment about it. I don't remember the ice cream. I remember. I remember. I was, I was just square. I was just staring at him. It's like really? Like you can't wait one. I can't judge, man. I've had some of my best races after eating ice cream. Yeah, but you, uh, you have a natural body type <laughs> that you don't necessarily need to fight at all points. That's true. Friedman has a body that's yeah, literally trying to kill him. Yeah, I've been eating a lot, little ice cream and, and stuff like that the last couple of weeks, and I haven't even gained any weight. Really? It's kind of funny. I'm waiting for it to happen, though. Maybe you have mono again, but <laughs> no, I'm just... just no. <laughs> that would end me at this point. Mm. How do you feel like you're shooting him with? Um, it went pretty good. I missed that, like, I missed that pop. Yeah. I was always threatening. Always like, all right, sweet, I'm pretty good. Like, if next week I ride really better, then I can do something good. And it just never happened. Um, I had a good Philly. So yeah, that's right. You have a good. Like, I felt good at nationals, and then I and then I blew up at that race. And then at Philly, I felt awful, but Cando kept me in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I had a good race there. And then uh, Nature Valley, I was riding well, and you know we won. So yeah. we. That's the thing is, we won a lot of races. And I felt like I was. I felt like I was a big part of a, of a lot of that yeah. tour of California. Have you added up how many race days you have this year? No. I don't think a ton. Um, you know, we had such a big roster that got spread out. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we were in Europe for a while this spring, but it was not a lot of racing. I think we only did, uh, in four weeks, we did one stage race and then a bunch of single days. So we did maybe eight days, nine days of racing. Yeah. Have, you, have you renewed with Thompson yet? I haven't. I haven't signed my contract. Have they offered you a contract? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I got a contract. Um, I haven't signed it yet. Just holding out? Or? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, there was there are one or one or two other things that are very, very slight possibilities. I'm not going to hold my breath on them, but um, I think I have a little bit more time before I have to sign this one. So. You can see what United, like, Hanson did. I have nothing going on with United. <laughs> <laughs> that came out today, huh? Did it? Yeah. And then they signed some Colombian guy that I've never heard of. You know the rumor I've heard? By the time this comes out, it'll be confirmed or not. I heard Horner signs them. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Shit, you're not. <laughs> They're trying to get wild card status or something? Maybe. I shit you not. That's what I heard. <sighs> wow. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know what, what kind of got me about the Hanson thing? Is it like, 
how hard was I pushing for him to get on the team? Like, nobody in Kelly wanted him. When it was Kelly, I had to, like, say, like, no, well, we should pick up Hanson. And everybody's like, no, look at him. Like, <laughs> yeah, there were a couple of years ago, I said the same thing. Yeah, I it was, was the year that you came on the team. Yeah, and I, was, and, I, and I don't know what your conversations with Jonas were, but my I was like, dude, we need a sprinter to get Ken. Yeah, and they didn't want him. No, and they didn't want him. <laughs> and I had to sit, Kando, and Hans and uh, Jonas down and convince him. Oh, and I'm glad you did. Yeah, no, it worked out. It was mutual. Yeah, um, but it's just like Hanson knows like how much I like like like. And I'm not asking for his permission to go to United. He's free to do whatever he wants. He's a yeah. big boy. Yeah. But it would have been nice if I didn't have to hear it from... If I would have heard it from him first. Oh, he didn't even tell you? Oh, man. I was a little... I guess he's not Sebastian. He wasn't calling you every week looking for contract advice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even then, when he was, he still did the opposite of your advice. Yeah. I, um... He told me right before... Colorado, and it was kind of like, you know, it's silly season, Hanson so, yeah, and I, you know, Ken, Ken was, you know, probably the ma- one of the major players in this team, so I was like, hey man, so what's going on for next year, like, what do you think, what do you, oh. like, I know he's got a lot of results, so he's got to be getting offers from people, and he said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be somewhere else next year, and I'm like, really, like, Europe, you, you went to Europe, cool, and he's like, yeah, you know, mostly, and that gave it away. It's like, if you're mostly in Europe, there's one team that races mostly in Europe. That Where are they registered? Yeah. All registered in the States? <laughs> gotcha. And I was like, wow, really, dude? He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's kind of the irony with this team, but... I, I'm excited to see him go do... No, I want him no, to no. totally. I want him to be, like... With our team, he's knocking on the door there. It, I, it sucks that we don't get to race with him next year. I really like racing with him. Yeah, me too. I want him to be successful, but I'm just like... I'm worried for him because, you know, you see how they do with their sprinters. Like, they send them to Europe, and if they don't pull it off within a couple of weeks, and they just yeah. get crit squatted. Yeah. And those guys in the crit squad, you know, like, they're really good riders. Yeah. They're really good riders yeah. in their own right. Like, most of them. Well, they like, no, they bring a D2 team to Criteriums. So they bring this really good team to these Criteriums, and that's all they do. So, like... Say a guy like Carl Menzies, right? Yeah. He would be uh, a starter in any team, right? Oh, yeah. If he starts races. Oh, yeah. He's one but of now he gets, years. But now he gets quit squatted. He's been out of the loop for two years in road races. Yeah. If United doesn't offer him a contract, where can he go? Like, what can he ask for? You know, he's totally fine. Yeah. Because yeah. United pays him enough. They, they call it golden handcuffs. They put enough money on you. Or you can't go anywhere, yeah. and then you're fucked, man. Yeah. You're totally fucked. Yeah. Menzies, Brad White. Yeah. You know, like some really good dudes, yeah. and they've. I'm worried that that's gonna happen to Hanson, and then that whole really? reason. I, that's the thing. I don't worry about that because that guy's like, he's got a hard head, and he's gonna he's gonna box his way out of any bad situation he gets into. I hope so, man. I, I'm pretty confident in him. Um. You know, and he like he had a really good early season form this year, and it's all about the early season form, you know. Yeah, because he, really he made the A team, you're on the A team, so I, I'm not too worried about him. Um, I uh, <laughs> I kind of look forward to racing against him. 
I think yeah. that'll be fun. You know, if we go to Tour of California and they they're doing their they're uh, riding for Ken and we're riding for Eric. You guys gonna like go to a climb and just just split it just because? <laughs> I thought about that. I remember riding up uh, Toro Canyon in Santa Barbara, the stage that Ken got second on this year, and I was right behind uh, Chris Jones and Murphy were pacing up Keo, and I was just sitting behind. I done some pushing the wind, so I was sitting right behind him, and then right at the top, I just I just get jumped him. And uh, I was just, I had, like, a vision of that the other day of doing that to Ken. I love Ken. Like, he's no, I a great friend, awesome teammate. But, you didn't hey, like, if he's on another team. You didn't know us here to listen to this podcast. Like, this is really <laughs> don't really like Ken. But it's the kind of comfortability that you can only talk about yeah. your friend with. Well, it's like afterwards, you know, if we did that to him, he'd look at us and go, like, hey, man, if you were on our side, we would have taken care of you. But, hey, yeah, we got to take care of our own. You left. Eric, <laughs> Eric Young seems to be stepping up quite a bit, too. Eric, Eric is... Yeah, like at Utah, he, he showed that he's right there. Um, and that, that stage of Alberta, I think he got second on the first first or second <sighs> stage. Dude, I was right there. I was on the sidelines. He jumped Sagan. Yeah. Oh, he, ha- he had like 10 bike lengths with like 200 meters ago. I would shit my pants. Yeah. I'm not even I'm not even working for the team anymore. Yeah. I'm on the sidelines, <laughs> and I stopped looking for my own riders. Yeah. And I was just looking at Eric and just cheering yeah. him on. The cool thing about him is he's really enthusiastic, and he's got a long way to go, and he knows it. Um, and a long way to go is as in he's got a lot of potential. Yeah. Um, and obviously a lot to learn. He hasn't been racing forever, but uh, I think. I think he's got so much room to grow that he's going to be awesome. And I think he's, he's to not have Ken there, like to have a better sprinter there, it seems like it works for a lot of sprinters coming up because they yeah. can learn a lot. And, you know, they they want the opportunity for sure, but then they see the value of of kind of playing second fiddle. And I think he's really pumped to, to yeah. be the guy. So, And he's seen what, what we can do. He trusts us as a team. You guys are bringing Huff on too. Yeah. I don't know if that's... Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. I don't know how many people Jonas has told about that, but um, oh, by this time this comes out, yeah, this yeah. is like a month yeah. down the road. Um, yeah, that's gonna be funny. <laughs> was so I yeah. asking you? No, I was asking Kando. I was like, man, what's what's it gonna be like with Huff on the team? Because he's really cool. He's a nice guy. He's always been nice to me, and we yeah. get along fine. But I know he's super silly, and he's got that weird. He does this thing like underpants like, type of humor. <laughs> He does this thing where he, like, is so, when he gets really insecure, he gets really loud. Yeah. Like, he's trying to, like, be Uh, boisterous. I just, on a personal level, I think he's just going to, he's going to know. When I get uptight, it's easy for people to see my, see my soft points and, like, push my buttons. And he's not going to be able to help himself. Yeah. He's He's going to see me get pissed off about something. And, I mean, you've seen it. I don't even know exactly what I'm what I'm like, but I, I know I have that that zone I get into where I'm just, you know, I can get pissy. Yeah, he's going to fuck with you. And he's just going to hit those buttons. Because <laughs> he can't help it, so. Well, That's what I was most worried about, but it would be fun to race with him. He's, I think um, I think this team has done to a lot of guys is uh, like really get them to step up their game and ride to their potential because they see everyone around them trying really hard. And I don't know. I think it's it'll be a good environment. I hope he can step up, man. He's he's underperforming so badly. Yeah. I mean, 
He's really fucking good, but he just yeah. He has shit to show for it. Yeah. Well, what about you, man? How you how do you how are you looking at your career trajectory here? It's been interesting, man. All the way up until through last year, like from when I was like 13 to last year, which was 14 years, I always just wanted to go race in Europe. Yeah. I wanted to get on a pro tour team. I just wanted to go do those races, you know, and like sure. go do the big time. And I tried really hard last year, and I think I just applied myself in the wrong way. I just trained myself into the ground, and so I was really flat in the races. And um, kind of got to the end of last year, and I put a huge effort in, a lot of like mental energy, and it just kind of cracked me. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like this year I just needed to relax and kind of go with it and see what happened, which I did. And I rode well and I rode hard. And um, I just did I did less training. I took it easier. And you think the race was fresher? Yeah. I just was fresher at the races and used the racing to, to make myself faster. So um, I don't know, man. This is the first year that I've kind of felt like if there was something else in my life, I could I could go do something else. I've been doing this for a long time. Do you have any idea what that something else is? There's nothing there. Yeah, <laughs> I got a problem. I got nothing else to do, and that's honestly part of the reason I haven't signed my contract yet. It's like I just want to make sure that I really am committed to this because the team doesn't need me to be to half-ass it, and I certainly don't want to spend the time and the energy to do it halfway. Yeah. And that's kind of my thing. Is like I'm just realizing the sacrifices and the effort it takes a lot more lately. Whereas before I was so just head down that it was like, this is what I gotta do. I gotta, yeah. you know, move away from my family and, um, you know, just spend my whole all my time resting and traveling and training. Um, that was worth it. And now it's like, everybody else on the team has done something else with their lives. Like I don't think there's really? very few guys on our team who've even raced as juniors. Like you, Friedman. Myself, maybe Haga a little bit. Haga even raced as a junior. I don't know. A lot of, yeah, a lot of them, like Eric Young even started in college. Ken started in college. Right. Zerbel started in college. Like all these, everyone's done something else. Like, <laughs> dude, I'm preaching yeah. fire with you. Like I've been doing this since I was 12. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's like I didn't have another job. I didn't. Was it your older brother raced? Yeah, my older brother Josh raced. That's how we got into it. We started with mountain biking. Mm-hmm. And then we joined a local club that uh, Stu Thorne was like. We started working for Stu's shop, or my older brother did, and then I did a year later. And then uh, we met Tim Johnson. We met Tim at our first bike race ever. Really? We were like, it was like five miles from our house, so we went over to pre ride the day before. I was 12, my brother was 14, so we had no idea what we were doing. But we were like, dude, we want to go do this mountain bike race. So we show up, my mom brings us over. And we're like, I think we had a course map or something from the website. And um, we see this kid there with a Volkswagen and a fat chance bike with like a, a rock shocks on it. And I was like, dude, that bike's sick. Was it pink? Was it pink fat chance? It may have had some pink green? in it. I think it had some pink in it. Yeah. Or maybe green. I don't remember. But dude, my brother and I were like, dude, this kid's awesome. He's got a GTI. He's sure, got sure. He's on bike. So we like go up and ask him if we can ride with him. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll show you around. Like he knew the course, and so he took us out, did a lap of the course, and uh, they dropped me. I, I caught up eventually, and then like later that 
fall or that winter, we read in the local paper that this guy who we had met got 10th at Cyclocross World Championships in the, in the under-23s. It's like the first American to get top 10. Whoa. And we're like, whoa, dude. And then so my brother's working at the bike shop, that's Stu's bike shop, and Stu and Tim were buddies working together. They were already buddies at the Yeah. Point. So then we like, that's how we met Tim, and it was pretty funny. And, you know, we still, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time, so. When did your brother quit? He uh, raced through his, through 22. I think that was last year. Um, we were on the Saturn development team together. So your brother and I are the same age? Yeah, he's from 82. He's from 82. Yeah. You're, you're from 81? 81, yeah. Yeah, he's from 82. Um, but we were on the Saturn development team together. And he was like, he was good. He was really good at cross. Um, he was pretty good on the road, too. It just, I don't think it was his lifestyle. <laughs> No, no. He got a girlfriend and he didn't want to travel. No, he didn't. Uh, what made you want to travel? Going pro tour. <laughs> From the go. I don't know. Like I, I did my first training camp when I was 15 with you know hot tubes at Saturday, um, and so I don't know. It was just what I was doing. With Toby Stan. Toby, yeah. How's Toby doing? Was that something we talked He's about? He's good, man. I stay in touch with him. Um, I really like his team. I like the Hot Tubes team. Still got it going, huh? Yeah. It's pretty funny. Like, Does he still make bikes? I think he still does bikes. He does a lot more paint. He does really good paint jobs. Um, but every year, it's like, dude, I got a great team. I got a great team, man. I'm like, yeah, you said that when I was on the team. Mm. So that when everybody like every year is maybe his best year. This might be my best team ever, and they yeah. do they do well. You know, they're always doing well. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny because it, you know it's only two years, seventeen and eighteen, and I'll pick up some young guys, but like the the turnover there is unbelievable. You think yeah. about like six guys a year for two years for I mean he's been doing it since ninety one or something. Yeah, like a long time. So a lot of dudes have gone through his program. Yeah, Ian Boswell or yeah, Ian. Uh, ben King, myself, Caleb Fairley. Caleb did. Yeah, I don't know. Caleb did. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a ton of other guys. Um, but there's fun. It's funny from the generation that I was from, 2001, 2003. I was on the team, and I'm the only guy who's still racing from that generation. Yeah. I was talking to who was I talking to? It was a Ben King of one of these guys recently. But how, like, just after my age, like, that's when the success rate of the young guys went up huge. And I think a lot of it's because of the, the development programs, like Bontrager and the BMC or Hincap Sports, like Devo Team. Yeah. You know, when I was, because when I was 19, I went, you know, to the Belgian house for a spring, got my head kicked. Like, you know, I didn't do anything that anyone would notice. Mm-hmm. And so I came, and but I spent, you know, a lot of the season there. And so I wasn't racing in America, and... I don't know if they if the UCI had that under 27 rule back then. I don't think they did. So teams like you know continental teams in America weren't yeah. picking up 19, 20 year olds that yeah. were doing well. You know I was I did pretty well the international stuff we did at hot tubes. You know, I was usually like right around the top five at nationals, so yeah. I was decent as a junior. And then uh, you know I got to 19, it was like there was nothing. So I was just I was on a club team for. Throughout when I was 20, and I got on um, Kodak Gallery, Sierra Nevada. When I was, oh, yeah, when I was, right, right. Uh, racing age 21. That was when you first running with Jonas. Yep. <laughs> so I, I grew up in the McCormick School, and so the only things I ever heard about Jonas were from Mark and Frank McCormick. What would they say about Jonas? They didn't, you know, so those guys, they never badmouth anybody. Like, they're super cool guys. But 
they, you know, so they didn't, they maybe complained about it a little bit, and they wouldn't call him names or say he did anything bad, but they would be like, oh, you know, that guy, like, crazy spinner kind of dude. Right, right. And so all I knew was, you know, I was a McCormick fan. I was, those guys coached me, and I rode with them, raced with them all the time. So whenever I watched a race like Philly or, you know, Somerville or any of these races, I just wanted Mark and Frank to win. And those guys you know, are tough fuckers, man. They were great bike racers. You know, awesome. I did this uh, when I was 17. I did Fitchburg. Um, the pro race and uh, I had the time of my I had like this crazy good time trial out of the boat would you have been a Colorado cyclist yeah did they have a junior team that year no okay no I just was part of the elite amateur team oh okay go do Fitchburg and I got like fifth place in the time trial (laughs) as a junior so the next day in that circuit race yeah I tagged this move and it's gone like it's just gone and I'm the highest placed guy on GC and the McCormick's are in there <laughs> Mike Sayers is in there whoever all these guys yeah. and I am at the limit I can't pull through yeah. I'm so close to getting dropped but they just see like this junior kid swinging and they don't pay any attention to me <laughs> right they just they just let me go so I'm hanging out there and it's like two laps to go and I'm like holy shit I'm gonna get the yellow fucking jersey like this is insane and this is before radios (laughs) so finally you know that finishing hill coming up with two to go one of the I don't know who the team director was for Saturn was there but pointed at me and said he's the yellow jersey he's the yellow jersey (laughs) and so Mark started taking me off the back and instead of like I was such a dumb I think they invented that move (laughs) I was such a dumb kid instead of just riding around them and like getting in the middle of the breakaway, I would follow them off the back. Like it was so, and then I would sprint around them and catch back along. And like after the third time, I remember he's doing it. And I, I remember I said something to Mark, like, I'm just Judy, <laughs> And he's just like, sorry. So he takes me off the back and uh, we get caught. And I was so mad. Oh. I waited. I, when the pack caught me, I just started going as hard as I could. And the, the brick got caught, like, in the last turn. So I, was, I was, like, really relieved, you know? But I remember just thinking, like, God, I was so picked on. And then yeah. my team manager at the time was like, well, why don't you just get in the middle of the move? And Start the, working. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm just a junior. They're like, yeah, oh, but man. you had the yellow jersey, man. If I had a quarter for every time Mark just... He was kind of nice to me because he was coaching me when I was a junior, but... At the same time, man. he's, he still, he's real, still wanted to win the local bike races. There he no could be gifts. a real shit in the race, man. No gifts. No, no, he's a lot like uh, like Scott Moniger was the same way. Yeah. Like Scott Moniger could have won the biggest bike race in the states, yeah. but then if he went to the local Criterium, he was he was going to win. Man. Yeah, yeah. Like no, it's no. Kind of what made them as good as they were, man. That kind of intensity. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of yeah. weird how it plays out in other in other situations, but then you you realize that's what it took for them to. Yeah. To do the thing. But then, so you got on Kodak and then you're on Jameis for a bit? Uh, well, I was on Kodak for two years and then that folded. Um, and I got on Type 1. Oh, yeah. In 2008 right. when Type 1 started. Um, and then I had two injuries that year. I had tendonitis in the spring, so I didn't race in the spring. I raced in May and June. I think my first race was like the Air Force race in late early, or mid-May. And um, I just, man, I was so G'd up. I just started attacking like crazy. It's like, mm. dude, it's 160k, and 
you know, I blew myself up in a hundred K or something. Sure. Um, and then in July, I was really trying to make the Cascade team, um, oh, but they, and I was, I was riding, I had a really good Fitchburg, but then, you know, I was pretty unproven, so they didn't take me to Cascade, and I had all this fitness, and I just, you know, finally got back in good form, I was like, all right, I gotta go do something, so I went to Super Week by myself. Yeah. And I rode through Super Week the last week, and then broke my wrist and down her out on the last day. Jesus. So I'd raced for two months that year, and then I had a broken wrist. And then in 2009, they took me back, and uh, I got mono after the tour of Taiwan. Yeah. I went to Taiwan in March, and I won the K1 jersey. And then I got mono, and I didn't race the rest of the year. So at the end of 2009, I was like, I was starting to talk to amateur teams and trying to figure out if I still want to do this. You didn't know you still wanted to race, though. I didn't, I, I didn't get it. Like, there was nothing, you know, people were asking me, like, well, what do you want to do? Do you still want to race? I'm like, yeah, I still want to race, but I don't know why. Like, I was just still motivated. I just... I it said it's compulsion to keep Yeah, it was it's something that's always been always kinda of stuck out to me because I didn't know why I wanted to race, I just did. Like so that's pretty a good lifestyle, man. Yeah. And I you know, if I didn't get a ride on a pro team, I don't know what it would have done. Like if I rode for Cal Giant or something like that, like maybe I would have kept going. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But as it worked out, I I kept calling Jonas on this team and um you know, I liked riding for him in two thousand six when he directed Kodak. And uh Eventually he called me, he, you know, we had a conversation like early November and he's like, hey man, I got like, I got one spot left on the team, but I don't need one. I'm like, well, dude, that's kind of what's coming to Like, yeah, nobody using that as a, has a spot, let alone money. Yeah. He's like, well, yeah, I'd love to have you, but I can't, I really just can't pay you anything. I was like, I get it, man. I want to race my bike. Yeah. He's like, cool. So I signed up and made zero money. And that, that was like. That was a pretty sh- big shock to the system because I was making pretty decent money before. Yeah. I got a pretty good year. My first two years in Kodak, I, you know, was it was a smaller team, so I had a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Um, so I did pretty well, and I was young. Yeah. So um, you saved every dime. Yeah. Well, yeah, that and <laughs> um, young guys are valuable. Yeah. <laughs> Youth has some value in this sport. <laughs> Especially, yeah, now with Division Three rules. Yeah. If you're under 28 and you can finish an NRC race, you're yeah. a pretty valuable <laughs> fucking guy. Pretty I've nice. noticed that, man, just with, like, the... Because now I wake up every day 20, 30 resumes. Jeez, awesome. And, uh... Can we play who play that game? Can we play the, the, the email game? That's a fucked up game. <laughs> For those who don't know, that sometimes there may have been a director that we both shared who would often play. Guess who emailed me the resume <laughs> today? And we he would we'd play twenty questions. It's a great activity when you're in Belgium yeah. at the end of the year. It was. It was like, okay, did he race California this year? <laughs> Has he won a race this year? Was he born before 1985? After that, like, yeah. We did just, you race with them, Jonas? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's funny when you get these resumes now because uh, you feel like really responsible to respond to everybody. Yeah. But you don't want to give them like any kind of false hope. Yeah. But you don't want to tell them no anyway because you legitimately don't have an idea. But you're just like, well, I might need you, but I don't think I will. Jeez. So you just so the only thing you do is just respond like, hey, thanks for getting a hold of me. I'll be in touch. Yeah. And it's just like you feel like such a douche. As long as you man. give that though, that's better than. Yeah, I mean, I want no response. Yeah, I always hate. I always hated the no response. The no response kills me. That's like half of my reason for maybe wanting to not. 
<laughs> keep well, going. Well, the market's so fucking bad. It's dude. pretty bad this year. Like nobody's one hundred percent sure if that five hour thing is gonna stay around. <sighs> Thistles went so. to the Bond Traeger. Yeah. Know. I mean, dude, if, if the five hour thing. I mean, I'm no, I'm not really any great fan of theirs, but. Yeah. I don't think that you should get a Puerto rider and then an unconfessed Puerto rider and just have him be the star recruit <laughs> and neuter any young rider's chances of breaking out because you have to work for this guy. You're saying that's not the most solid business plan? I mean, it's a pretty solid, it's an A plan, and it, it's relatively solid because you know you're going to get results, but I don't think it's yeah. the most... Uh, it's like outsourcing. It's like sending jobs to India. You're like, well, it will work. I think not the yeah. you wouldn't hang your hat on it and say it's the most proud accomplishment you had anyway I hope the team stays because I hope they stay too. it could be a pretty could be a boring season there's guys on that team that seem like they're pretty good guys and yeah I wish they got more opportunities but yeah they might start happening soon you never know yeah men say well gets like fucking you know tendonitis or something yeah uh yeah I mean so I guess it's, so it's just hard because you get resumes from yeah. people that you know you just can't afford and just the thing you say like I can't <laughs> I think if you wrote for this team for what I could pay you you would not be happy and <laughs> you would be resentful and <laughs> therefore you would be useless to me yeah but you never know and there's the guy like me who's like yeah man I get it like is your, like Jonas didn't even want to get me get back to me because of this he was like dude no. I can't pay you like you don't want to ride here I'm like no I do I want to ride my bike sure, so if you come sure. down to riding your bike and not riding your bike and trust me, there's nothing like that for motivation. Yeah. I was so hungry that year. I showed up to camp, and I was just camp champ by a mile. Yeah. Like Bowman and Shirley and these guys were just like, dude, relax. There's no relaxing. You were that guy? I was that guy, man. I, you know, I kept my mouth shut about it, and we were all making fun of Julian like two years later, mm-hmm. or the year later, but... Just being cycling long enough, you're bound to be a hypocrite, man. Yeah. No, I mean, well, that's why the last couple of years I've toned it down that Sebastian and Chad and... Whatever these guys can have it. I I have my moments, yeah. um, but that's what I needed to do, you know, for myself. Anyway, mm-hmm. I feel bad if pissed off the guys, but yeah, <laughs> I had to like I had to prove something, even if it was just to myself. That I, you know, you get offered a you sign a contract that says like zeros, like there there were zeros in the contract. <laughs> like, so there was up. like we'll pay the team will pay you a fee of zero dollars point zero zero cents. Oh <laughs> like, Jesus. God, I'm signing this piece of paper. This <laughs> most depressing piece of paper. It was pretty depressing, man. Oh. Do you think if that happened to you again, that you would approach it the same, or are you just too tired now? Like, right now, it's over, man. Isn't it funny? Because like you were saying how you drove yourself. You want to race so bad that you drove yourself to uh, Super Week. Yeah. And like got that. like. And you would never do that again. But no like, way. That's what it takes to be good. Yeah. You need that hustle. Like, how yeah. come we like? Is it just because like, we get older that we just we lose our hustle? Like, we yeah. lose our drive. To me, it's always uh, people ask me how long I'm gonna race, and I say until it's not worth it anymore, and until I don't see improvements. And like from last year, from 2011 to last year to this year, I haven't seen huge improvements in the same way that I did before. I've seen different yeah. improvements. Like I was way more. I can see the experience in my own racing. Like, I can just, I'm coming into a much different type of racer, whereas, like, I think two years ago, I was a young guy, 
and I was just, you know, swinging for the fences, and it paid off. And then to this year, where it's like, I'm, you know, I'm using a lot of my experience to help guys like Eric Young or to help yeah. a guy like Ken, who might not need to like be taught by me, but he can use he is help. He can use what I have, what yeah. I know. Um, and so I didn't see that huge like, okay, last year I finished tenth at this race, and I had a really good day, and then. The next year you finish fifth, and you're like, sweet, I'm getting better. Yeah. Like, I didn't see that this year, but I was way more consistent. Like, my bad days, like, at Tour of California, I felt pretty flat this year. Like, I just got back from Europe. I was still recovering from a really bad sickness I had over there. But I was able to get through the Tour of California and be pretty useful. Whereas normally that Whereas, like, the year before that, if I was sick and having bad days, I would never make it through a race like that. Yeah. So I, I keep seeing my baseline going up, which is cool. But I didn't see that huge spike this year. So what I don't know like, what it's going to take. What was it like? Because you were homeschooled for a bit. Like, <laughs> my whole life. Was it your whole life? Yeah. I thought you might you might have went to public school. Never went to public school. You went to homeschool. Mm-hmm. Obviously, then a really close, tight family. Like, yeah. Yep. And you have, like, this limited interactions, right? Like, you don't see a lot of, like, variance. And right. then you go on to, like... Like, you go to a full, like, road team where it's just, like, dick and fart jokes a lot. Like, was that, like... <laughs> it was... It it blew my mind, you know, being on Hot Tubes junior team. Bunch of yeah, 17, just, just like, eyes wide like, open. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I think it was good for me that it started... It started when I was 15 was when I first got on that team. Yeah. And at that point, it was a U23 team and a junior team. So, like, Billy Skinner, Timmy Reinhardt, and these yeah. guys... And uh, my first training camp was, like, in Arizona. I was 15 years old. I was a sheltered homeschool kid. Yeah, I was. my eyes were opened. <laughs> did you like it, or was it, or did you, like, go out? It was fun. It was, yeah. Yeah. I, I, had, I had a lot of fun. It was kind of like, I almost wanted to call my mom and be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, do you call your mom and say, like, oh, my gosh, or do you, do you like, lie to your mom and say, like, everything's fine. You don't want her to, like, pull you out. Yeah, no, I did, I did the letter. I didn't, I didn't complain. I, I thought it was funny. And I, I, like, I knew that I needed to, to get out because I knew I was really sheltered. So. Yeah, yeah. So I, you enjoyed, I, like, the polarity of it? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. I'm going to go home, be with my family. And right. Like, did it, like, being on the road, did it, did it make you, like, question your parents sometimes? Like, well, they say this, but I've experienced this, and it's not as bad. No, I don't think I ever question them like contradictory I, I it definitely opened my eyes and I saw a lot more but I think I started to just form my own viewpoints pretty young okay. and I don't like I maybe see differently than my parents at, on a lot of things but I don't I don't think they I don't regret any of the ways they brought me up or resent that like I think yeah. they they did the best they could and they did a really good job bringing me up and um you know, they allowed me to have that exposure to those teams. Like, they didn't try to control. Yeah, they could have been like, no, no bike racing, no traveling. You know, right. if you travel, we're going with you. Sure. But they were like, oh yeah, like we kind of trust Toby. Like they met Toby, like oh, okay, like I guess we trust this guy and send our sons with him. I have an older brother with me, so that was kind of, I think that helped the, with the parents a lot. Did you like come home? Did you come home and they had a, you had maybe habits or mannerisms that they didn't appreciate for a while, like the first time, the first time you dropped like an f bomb. Yeah, or I'm sure it probably happened, but I don't remember. You don't remember the big deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Just go back to their room. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. 
he seems like a sinner now. Yeah. He seems like a really bad person. Sadly, I think I've always been pretty good at turning it on and off. Yeah. Until you go with a team for like a month, you know, especially like this year we were in Spain. Yeah. And you guys ran around the Guggenheim naked. I didn't. I wasn't part of that, but the team. Why were you a part of? I don't know, man. I was maybe sick that weekend or something. Yeah. I was pretty sick over there. So I saw a YouTube video. The guys got really drunk the final night in Spain. <laughs> and there's the Guggenheim Museum. And they... It's like a two-mile run. It was a huge run. No, it's not that long. It's it, maybe ten minutes. All right, it was so a bit of a loop. A mile. Maybe a mile. <laughs> maybe a mile. <laughs> and they stripped naked and just did a complete lap. And they were laughing so hard they'd have to stop, catch their breath, and... Yeah. Yeah. I was not. Of course, Friedman recorded it because he has to record everything. <laughs> I hate that about him, man. I hate that he like you're trying to have these like really uh, wild, crazy moments. Yeah. And you don't necessarily need any evidence of them. Yeah. And then he it, he feels the need to because then he, you know you know he's gonna bring it out later and it, you just won't be you just won't tell him no dude. It's impressive to me that he keeps going with it though because I used to be the kid with the camera, yeah. you know back in these days we're talking about like I want to take pictures of everything remember my first training camp in, in Phoenix and like going to these races I've never been to the West Coast before yeah um and like now I'm like cool we're in wherever in Spain we're at the Guggenheim Park. and yeah. I took some pictures there but you know a lot of these things I just you know we're in Utah and I'm like wow that's cool I'll look at that and I'll remember it and I'll remember going to Utah and seeing some crazy yeah. I canyon think, or whatever that I think the older you get the I don't think it matters the as much whatever 32 and he's still like oh I gotta record this because I gotta yeah, remember this is, when I grow up but what is he mentally <laughs> when he grows up what is he mentally though I don't, he's 32, <laughs> but... Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, when he grows up. <laughs> well, we should just do... I should just do one podcast of just select cl- like clips of everybody bashing Friedman. <laughs> we just get, like... Just get two and a half hours of Friedman stories. Uh, I wish you could do an impression of him right now. It's really easy. What you do is <laughs> you don't clear your throat. You build as much phlegm as possible. <laughs> and you raise your voice. And then when you get upset, you talk louder and faster, as if that makes... <laughs> that would make I disagree with you! He doesn't... When he gets upset, he doesn't change a viewpoint or try to say it differently. He just repeats himself, but yeah. with more phlegm and louder. No, the best... The best. I, I can't stand in front of him, because I'm afraid like this big loogie's going <laughs> to fall out and hit me in the, in the, the face the or something. The best thing about... The best part of the Freeman deals like when you're so like when you're at the TTT or something like last year we were there and we figured out a system like alright this is going to be the order of riders because you know this guy behind that guy whatever and we all get it set and we're about to go out and then as soon as we're like about to pedal off Freeman's like no 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 we should change this no 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 Creed's got to go behind Jesse yeah, and he's right. like well, no we just we just got we just spent 10 minutes discussing this he wants to be heard man. <laughs> he wants to be heard he wants uh, his opinion I don't think he's really has one so he just goes against the grain <laughs> so make sure everybody hears fuck we're being really mean to Friedman yeah I feel like you pick on Friedman a lot I to be fair to myself I do it all the time it's not just for the podcast right <laughs> I feel like he starts it often though in person he's the first one to go and then I just get really mean and he he gets upset about it yeah 
You're always picking on. Well, dude, so this is like, this is what I'm saying with Huff and me. Like, Huff pushed my buttons. Give me the same. Like, and you weren't bad with Friedman, but every once in a while you just be like, you, like, you do the little zap yeah. just, just to either, he would either freak out about it or it would shut him up. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I would let him, I would try to end it. I always wanted to end it. I wouldn't necessarily try to rile him up as much as I would just yeah. say one really mean, hurtful thing. And hopefully that shut them the fuck up. <laughs> it's going to suck not having you on the team next year. Yeah. I know you're doing all this other stuff now, but you're still kind of on the team now. Like you were it's weird. Colorado it's weird. Just like even being at uh, Alberta, the amount of times. Like you go to dinner. You go to dinner. And you <laughs> Did you see, want to just come you, to you see a table of guys that have been your friends for like 10 years. Yeah. And then you're sitting at the other table with the guys that you just met. <laughs> and you you're looking at them like, why the fuck would I sit with you? Like, <laughs> did you show up to that race and you're like, did you introduce yourself to everyone? Or were they like... No, I mean, you, I think by then you just pretend you, you all know each other. Because you know of each other. Right, right. So I think you just kind of go it's off awkward. that. Like, I'm Mike, yeah, I know you're Mike. But it was really... Uh, yeah, you, it was funny because you would be at dinner table and then at the Mountain Cactus dinner table and you know we're talking and, we're like, and they're good people so you right. have some jokes and right. you're doing this but you're still filling each other out yeah and, the, and then on my way out I would stop at the Optum table <laughs> and I would be there for 10 minutes <laughs> just like crying laughing and then you look over your shoulder and you see Mountain Cactus and you're like oh I gotta go <laughs> it's like when you break up with your chick and you go with the new chick <laughs> But you and the old chicks don't get along really yeah, good. Yeah. You're like, well, I don't want to yeah. get back with you, but man, we really share a lot of good times. Oh <laughs> uh, no, so good. It was. It's weird though, being uh, still being an Optum employee and then work. I'm really grateful that Jonas. Yeah. Signed Jonas, off on me doing Jonas that sort of thing. Yeah, no, they 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 could have been pricks about it. Yeah, they really. Um, They've been really cool about it. I I thought it'd be really funny though if I had the money, like if we just get the financial windfall on the team where I could just gut Optum, I could just sign all around. I would never I would never, but just so Jonas got two or three phone calls. You from, say what you never but you from like Zerbel and then Swazansky <laughs> and then like you or Eric and be like, you know, Mike's offered me this. And uh Jonas, can you see this? Man? Really I know you said the money was tight, but like <laughs> I mean, Mike seems to have a lot of money. <laughs> that would uh, It'd be funny if you just poached one guy. Just to, you know, the funniest <laughs> fucking thing is though about directors. You know, like so. I I feel like every rider should, sometime in the season, maybe during his break, be a director at a race just yeah. for a couple days. Same thing because like helping a mechanic or helping a swanier for a day. Kind of. Yeah. I, yeah. Because I, you know, we'd finish these races that wouldn't necessarily go well. They wouldn't go horrible. They wouldn't go well. Yeah. And then you see Jonas is really worked up and like mad, and you can't really place it. Yeah. But then there was some times in the race this last week in Alberta where I was like, "Holy shit! Like my head is gonna explode." <laughs> Just because there wasn't the stuff that you wanted to happen wasn't happening. Yeah. yeah. Because. There's a tremendous amount of buildup, so you know, okay, the crosswind is coming up. Right. There's a crosswind at 10k into the race. Right. Everybody knows it. 
right? You have eight guys who know this. And and then there's a front group of 20, and you're, none of your eight guys make it, and barely any of you guys make the second echelon. And it's not that you're not... I mean, you're sympathetic because you've missed front echelons. We all right. missed front echelons right. before, right? It happens. But there's just this tremendous buildup in the car because you, you have all this energy. Like, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. And then it falls flat and you have nothing. This is so brutal. And so you have all this pent-up energy. And what are you doing with this pent-up energy? You're driving a car. <laughs> trying not to hit people. And trying not to freak the fuck out. I, uh, this last race, we had a group of 18 guys go off the front. We didn't have one guy in it. So We've all been there, though. All been there. But because we're one of the only teams with no groups, and it was like 70K to go, the group was gone. The group's yeah. gone. Six, yeah. seven minutes. Yeah. So I say, look, you guys got to go to the front and ride, but not hard. Don't go full gas. Right. But you need to do tempo right. until the top of the KOM, which is a 20K to go. So I said, you guys have to do tempo for 50K. Like, and not the whole team, maybe just three or four guys, but you guys need to go and take respect. You guys got to have respect for the race. Yeah. You know, like, just do it. Most of the guys were like, yeah, fine, whatever. I had a rider come back. After like 10k, he comes back for bottles and he goes, "What are we doing, man? We're on the verge of embarrassing ourselves." And then my head is, like, "No, no, no, my friend, we've embarrassed ourselves." So it's this constant verge. It's this constant battle of like trying to figure out how to let people know that you're upset, but not mad. You're like, yeah. "I think we could have done better," and. You guys are missing opportunities. Yeah. I think that's. I think if a rider got that, they would see the opportunities more. They wouldn't see them as mm. races or tests to be passed. Yeah. I think that was my mistake. Cause I always saw the race as a test to be passed. Yeah. Instead of just like, wow, dude, this anything could happen today. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's always good to see in a different perspective. You know, you yeah. spend one day with a swan year and you're like. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Can't just spend like five days with this one here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a mechanic. Like one day I hung out with Jelly at Colorado last year after I dropped out of that race. Yeah. I did like the transfer and the hotel bags and holy crap. Yeah. Hey man, I'll let you grab a fucking find a big tie up or two. I mean, nice bugs. Thanks for coming, bro. Yeah.